If you like our podcast and you want to help support the show, please rate, comment, and subscribe. Also, you can donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash what's happening, or you can donate to us directly via PayPal. All those links can be found in the show notes. And now, it's time to know what's happening. Yeah. All right, we are live. This is episode 72 of What's Happening. I am Shane. And I'm Nico. And we are happy to have our lovely guest. He is Paul, or if you follow him on Twitter, he is known as the Hairy Chested Libertarian. I haven't actually seen his chest. I don't even know if it's hair or not, but that's what he calls himself, so who knows. <laughs> um, it is, I can vouch. Okay, great. Well, you know, we don't we don't want you to strip or anything. No, no, no. That's for my OnlyFans account. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. You could be like, you know, like Julie Brasky has an OnlyFans account, and it's funny too because like, people were criticizing her for that. And she's like, you obviously don't follow me, or right? Me. Right. Yeah, so. and anyone who's been following Julie for a long time knows that that it, her OnlyFans account would not be the typical OnlyFans account. It would be about liberty. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so we were kind of like joking too about that. Like, oh, let's make an OnlyFans account, but we're like, you know, she's going to be cooking or something. It'll just be a random recipe or whatever, but nothing yeah. special. Right. You know, the free market is a funny thing. Um, this Several years ago, I saw there was a girl who was making a full-time living, I believe in China, where she would eat food. And you could like dial up and eat meals with her. And she was this tiny little thing and would eat huge amounts of food. Um and people would pay a lot of money to sit and eat food with her. And that was all it was. Like, there was nothing else. She was just eating food. Sounds like uh, mukbang, that trend that's mm-hmm. on YouTube now where they just they take out a huge spread of food and then they just eat it and then people just watch that. <laughs> he's, he's lost. He doesn't know what Seriously. to say. I love the free market. I really do. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> There was that joke though, where it's like, oh, the, the, like uh, something about on the lines of like, ah, uh, the free market at work, whatever. But something completely like ridiculous, and that's like one example, you know? Right, exactly. Hey, you know, if someone will pay you for it, and uh, to an extent, if someone will pay right. you for it, then you know, good on you. There is a niche for there is a niche for eating. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, so. We were kind of talking, uh, obviously, before recording and when we were planning all this, what we're going to talk about. And one of the big things that we were going to talk about is the Libertarian Party and all the politics involved. You know, it's funny. I tweeted about, oh, you care about Libertarian Party politics? You're not a real Libertarian. And now we're on the podcast talking about Libertarian Party politics. Well, obviously, so. we're not real Libertarians. That, yeah, that's right. True. Well, and just let it be said, I am the only real Libertarian. So if you want to see what a real Libertarian is like, you have to follow me. Everyone else, sorry. You're not a real libertarian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I've been doing all those tweets for all this time. Just exactly. let everyone know. That, you know, you know. Yep. <laughs> we found the one real libertarian. Yeah, we we found him. Well, I think maybe he found us actually because I don't know who, who followed each other first. I can't remember. I have no idea. I think so when I first started, um, when I first started the Harry Chested account, you know, at the beginning I was so new to it, it would bring up people who to follow. And I remember um, Petite Nico was the one that was one of the first ones that it said to follow. And you know, at the beginning, you just click follow everybody. So I think I was the first one to follow. And if I remember correctly, didn't you guys meet on Twitter? 
Yep, that, that's yeah, right. That's true. Yep. Okay, and so you did this something about like a romance and four tweets when you guys got engaged or something. It was something very funny. And that's when I was like, oh, that's cool. They met on Twitter. And then it wasn't until, you know, a year later or so that mm-hmm. I ended up following you. But yeah. Yeah. Quinn. I know for me, I'm always the one that's late to the party. So she's always in the party <laughs> first. And then I kind of go in, you know, a little later. Oh, hey, guys. And, but the party's already over. You oh, know, so, yeah. Wish I got invited to parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know the feeling. Yeah. Uh, speaking of parties. Speaking of parties. Good, good, good yeah. Go. Oh, yeah. So did you guys see the Kentucky uh, Libertarian Party uh, debate? That's yesterday? the one that just, that just happened recently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw, I was watching some of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was the one that uh, Justin Amash was supposed to attend, I believe. Right. And then, of course, he had that whole bombshell. Oh, I'm, I'm deciding I'm not going to run and I, I can't i didn't read the whole thread or whatever but i know it was like this long thread about the reasonings as to why yeah uh, he was funny i've been following amash um not necessarily because i'm a fan of of him as a libertarian i think him as a politician he was good he was more in the conservative camp and everything that he's voted on most everything it's been decent um and then when he jumped over to the libertarian party of course i was like Whoa, that came out of nowhere. So I've been following his politics and his tweet thread that he gave for when he was jumping out, I thought was very telling. The reason I was not nuts about a Justin Amash running was he he didn't seem to believe in liberty. He believed in a in a better, like a, a more well-run government. And it had to do with not that you would be that you would have liberty, but we would take less of it. And his his verbiage was always the government grants you permission. And even on his his website, he would often talk about, you know, the government needs to grant you more freedoms to do something. And I was like, well, no, it's not the government's job to say we're allowed to do something or not to do something. Uh, we're free human beings. And if it's not violating someone else's, someone else's rights, we get to do that. So I always got the sense that he was kind of using the Libertarian Party for the ballot access, which as far as I can tell, you know, it's, it's not fantastic uh, when compared to the other two parties, but that was about it. He didn't understand in my view of it, he didn't seem to understand what liberty meant. It was always a better run government. Yeah, it seemed like uh, that way you're talking about a better run government and all that. It seemed like he was going to be the one to uh, like do an oil change to the government or something like that. <laughs> right, right. You know, where, yeah. oh man, the oil has been changed in such and such long amount of time. And, you know, anytime now this uh, engine is going to break down. So I'm going to go ahead and give it brand new oil. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and we would all be behind him changing, change that oil, cha- right. drain the swamp, change yeah, that okay. oil. No, it's not about draining the swamp or changing the oil. It's about moving to a new location where there's not a swamp or getting rid of the swamp. Mm-hmm. altogether so yeah his tweet thread when he when he actually signed out of it it said that he just didn't see a path to victory and that was what was so interesting about the last libertarian um debate that happened is so many of the guys on there were talking about 
yes, we want to win. Of course, we're going to win. But the importance of getting the message out there is equally as important. Mm -hmm. And this is where I'm like, I'm a huge fan of obviously the ideas of liberty and maybe me and the Libertarian Party. Um, well, depending on the candidate, you tend, I, I tend to disagree with some of them and that, well, it's not even disagree. It's approach. Um, we often get liberty and libertine mixed up. Yeah. And so the libertarian party, when you talk like none of no one in my family is libertarian, um, almost everybody is Republican or conservative or something like that. So when we're at family get togethers, I'm like, eh, I hate both sides pretty much equally and have to explain my justification. They're like libertarian. Oh, you guys just want to smoke pot. Mm. And this is, this is what the libertarian party is known for is sort of the, the libertine lifestyle. And so few of us actually herald that as the best way to live. And it's hard to get that nuance of, should you be free to do this? Yes. But just because you can doesn't mean you should, and you don't understand the reasoning behind is you need to be free to do this so you can choose not to. It's not a it's not a choice if someone holds a gun to your head and says no. Yeah, that that's a, that's a pretty interesting way of putting it because um, yeah, like with Justin Amash coming in and all that. I mean, I remember when he first announced he was gonna. It was just a, um, like exploratory or whatever it was. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's like up in arms, like, oh, my God, this is great. And everyone's <laughs> going to know who we are and everything. And, and of course, that, I don't know if it was like right after that or maybe uh, a few days or so after he, he uh, announced that exploratory or whatever. He was on uh, Meet the Press. Oh, yeah. CNN and all that stuff. And it's just, you know, that's great that he's kind of bringing that out, you know, to mm -hmm. kind of letting everyone know, well, yeah, I'm running. I'm uh, considering the nomination and all this stuff. And, you know, I, I do want to win and all that. But how long did this this whole thing last? Like what, three weeks or so, or like not even a month? Right. It was something about it. And his, I, I watched his interview on Meet the Press because again, okay, you know he's going to get a lot of attention. Yeah. He was one of the only Republicans to vote for the impeachment against mm -hmm. Trump, which in that whole debacle, it, it was just a circus. You know, the entire thing was a circus. And so, where I agreed with most of his voting record on that one, I was like. Yeah, your grounds are shaky. And again, you're just you're basing your choice on on I think personal feelings or wanting the respect. So when he was talking to Chuck Todd on Meet the Press, um again, he never talked about the principles of freedom. He was talking about UBI and all of these very democratic um these very sort of Democrat talking points. Mm -hmm. So I went on his website to see, all right, what does he stand for? What is it that, that he's got on there? He had almost nothing on his website, but uh, he did a, an interview with the, I believe the Atlantic and in the Atlantic, when he was talking to that reporter, he said that his main, his, his main outreach was for Democrats. He was wanting to, bring more Democrats into the fold, which trust me, I would like more people in the fold, but I don't want them in the fold just to be in the fold. I want them to do the same things we did where we read the principles of liberty and go, 
wow, our rights are inalienable. They're not given to us by government. We are born with them. This is a sovereign right no one can take away. And then understanding that you can't hurt people. You can't take their stuff. And there's a better way. Like there is a better way to do pretty much everything that, that we are doing. Those are the people that I want in the fold are the ones who realize that not just our party is bigger than yours, but we're going to make the same mistakes. I felt like what he could have done, but I, I guess maybe this is just not who he was. Um, but he could have ran as a libertarian on the libertarian platform. And then knowing that he's not going to win, cause there's hardly any chance that a libertarian is going to win at this yeah. point, you know, right. Um, he could use his platform to tell the truth, you know, tell the truth about what's going on with the lockdowns and how, instead of saying, Oh, I could have done the lockdowns better, you know, mm. just say like, why did we even do all of this? Mm. this just a huge grab for power for the government. Yeah. I didn't even think about that to you because he's been in Congress for enough time that he could have actually said, yeah, I was behind the scenes or even why not rerun for his position as a libertarian? You know, why does he have to jump from, you know, representative all the way, all the way to president? Um, yeah, he was he was just an interesting candidate, like came out of nowhere. And even as he as he said goodbye in his tweet thread, it I don't want to judge his motives. Like I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt. But right. if I had to lean a certain way, it sounded like the Libertarian Party was sort of a glory project, or it it helped him with his platform and not necessarily advancing the ideals that those of us who love liberty who champion it you know would get out there in sort of a ron paul way and say you know no I, i'm not expecting to win but stay with me now you're free <laughs> right yeah yeah i think um i don't know and I know that was a lot of, uh, you know, some of the complaints about his, like you were saying, his news appearances and all that. They were just saying, you know, there wasn't really anything there, you know, other than the fact that he was on there in the first place. That's like yeah. everyone was saying, oh, my, this is great. I can't believe he's on, you know, he's talking to these, you know, Chuck Todd and he was on CNN to talk about the protesters and all that. Mm -hmm. And, of course, people were, you know, criticizing him on on, on his rhetoric on that. It's because he was, like, lukewarm. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was saying something along the lines of, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm glad that they're protesting, but you know, having weapons, whatever, in the, on the capital of of that state or whatever was kind of, you know, that may not be the best approach. And it's just, you know, I, I don't know. Like for for you know, obviously there's going to be some libertarian. I'm sure they're going to be like, yeah, that, that's good because obviously you know, if you have a gun and someone sees that, that's a, polit a, a politician, or they're going to be like, whoa, that's kind of weird. But then at the same time, I don't know. Maybe that's the only way they feel they can. Get their uh, point across. Get their point across. But then he was also saying something like, "I don't condone the Nazi symbols, whatever." And I don't even know if there were any. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. I didn't remember seeing any of that. You know, maybe I just didn't see the right pictures or right articles. I don't know, but I didn't. I didn't see any of that. Yeah, I didn't see any of it either. So I'm originally from Michigan, and I have family that lives there, and uh, so I had friends who go to my parents' church. They actually went down to the protests. Mm -hmm. And uh, knowing them, I'm guessing that when they got into it, they were shouting and looking angry. But, you know, if you look at America's history, the only way we have survived is by being very weapons heavy. 
you know, right. we, we've constantly been trying to get stepped on one way or another. And it is sort of in our DNA. When a tyrant tries to step on our rights, and let's be completely clear, this whole lockdown fiasco was tyranny. It was, it was nothing short of tyranny. Um, I, you know, I think it's good for politicians to remember they are not our leaders. They are not our masters. They're not our overlords. They serve at our behest. And when they try to attack us, I don't advocate violence, of course, but the visual is very powerful when you have a bunch of, of peaceful protesters out there with weapons saying, just remember, <laughs> remember who we are and what we've got. Right. Uh, yeah. And it, it, when the violence, you know, if the violence doesn't break out, I think that's extremely healthy. Um, and before we talk about 1776, like there's going to have to be a lot of a lot of conversation leading up to that. Yeah. And I don't know, I think, um, you know, like kind of going back to, you know, um, Amash and his, uh, his tweet thread, or I know he said he was going to stick with the party, you know, which for a lot of people, I'm sure that's great. You know, they don't want, oh, to, they don't want him to be like a bill. Well, where he's going to be in it for, you know, oh, I'm going to be it. And then when it doesn't work after I'm going to leave and do what I'm going to do after. <laughs> right. That. Right. I mean, and I think, um, I, don't, I think Lincoln Chafee is still a libertarian. I know not everybody agrees with him, you know, because he's kind of going all over the place with the parties or whatever. But, I mean, I, as far as I know, he's still in the party. I, I don't know. I actually haven't heard from him in a long time. Yeah. I've been keeping my eye on the other candidates. So do you think that Amash is going to – is going to try to promote the libertarian party? You think he will uh, he'll be a ball player or is he going to – take his toys and go home. Well, one of the things that I've been kind of saying about Amash, especially now, because like you were saying about his voting record and everything, as far as I know, he's one of the only ones that will tell you, this is the reason why I voted the way I voted. And yeah. even with the impeachment, this is why mm -hmm. I, this is the reason why I'm for the impeachment. And you don't have to agree with me or not. And I know Thomas Massey is another one that does that too, where he'll tell yeah. you, this is why I vote the way I voted or whatever. So on, on those on those uh, accounts, you know, I, I'm glad that he'll let, at least tell you like, you know, he's being transparent, you know, you can hate me all you want, but this is why I voted how I voted or whatever. Um, right. But then like in terms of, you know, like advancing the party and, and Liberty in general, I don't, it, it kind of just depends on who you're talking to because, you know, with the impeachment thing, that's what he's going to be known for, especially yeah. nowadays is, you know, as, as far as, you know, and, and as sad as that is, you know, he, every time he's going to be introduced now, whether it's CNN, Fox News, I'm sure especially Fox News, you know, since they're kind of more, I mean, I know not all the time, but they're, you know, they're seen as more of the pro-Trump or whatever. Right. But any news organization now that will talk about Justin Amash, it's always going to be prefaced with Justin Amash, comma, the only, like one of the only Republicans that, or he left the Republican Party because he was pro-Trump impeachment or something along those lines, or whatever. Yeah, you know, I, so, I, so other than that, you know, I mean, I hope he, you know, I don't know, I hope he does advance the liberty and all that stuff and continues that message and, you know, stays within the party because, you know, whether we like it or not, this is, you know, we're going to have to be in this type of system. We can't just not, you know, we like, it, there's that other joke too where it's like, well, you don't like, you don't like living in society, then go live in the woods somewhere or something like that. <laughs> You know, so, I don't know. Yeah, I hate that. Just leave. <laughs> yeah, <from> right. There. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm very curious to see. I, I feel like he may have shot himself in the foot in these last three weeks 
where he, he left the Republican Party. So he's going to be he's going to be treated, I think, fairly hostily. Is that the adverbial tense? He's going to be treated hostily by Fox because he's not he's not really in that Trump arena. Mm-hmm. So all of their big shows, Hannity and I don't even know who's on. I haven't seen Fox in forever. Yeah. Um, like he, they're they're Trump. They are Republicans, and they're very open about that. At least they're open about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was a little bit never Trump. But I don't think he's enough to continue with the strange new respect for CNN, MSNBC, some of these other things. So um, I, I imagine after three weeks, he sort of looked at his potential career path and <laughs> just went. Oh crap! What have I done? Yeah, like, yeah. Because yeah, and also, and you know, maybe also when he was going into the party, he was like, "Oh, this is gonna be great." You know, I'm gonna help with the party and all that. And then when you kind of dive more into the party and all the politics involved with the party, like, this is a mess. It, it's a clown show. I mean, it's because it, I mean, I, I'm not gonna go into the details, whatever. But there's some like talking and, and some like uh you know so much gossip yeah gossip and backstabbing and you're just like oh my god it's, well, it's just like any other party now you're just like you're trying to act like oh we're the party of principle and, and all this stuff but then you see who's involved and who's in the who's in the uh, top positions and all this stuff and you're just like you know and it's it's hard for people that espouse the ideals that libertarians do to actually run a party because we by nature distrust politics we don't like it yeah. and and we have i mean it's it's uh, cliche, but cliche for a reason when we say you're not a real libertarian because libertarian ideals really are it's that it's ideals. There's a certain purity about it and just getting involved in the actual politics. You kind of have to jump some, some logical hurdles there. And so I think like in any party, some people who enjoy power want to run for it, want to want to be in charge of it. And then we get some naked guy running across the stage. Well, that doesn't set us up for any sort of, of, you know, um, respect on the world stage, our ideas aren't taking, are, aren't taken seriously. The only thing they know us for is smoking weed, having the naked guy run across the stage. And then what is Aleppo? Like that, that is, that is the story we've been telling. Unfortunately, I was, I was really encouraged though, by the debates that happened yesterday, um, I found a new candidate I didn't even know was running and I really, really liked her message. And then, um, there was another candidate that I've been following Jacob Hornberger. I've been interested in his, in his message for a while. I thought he did a great job. And then Joe Jorgensen. Yeah. Jorgensen. Jorgensen. Right. Other than the very unfortunate Twitter handle that she's got, she really did a fantastic job. Um, articulating what it was that she, her policies on it. Um, yeah, I, and I have no idea if you guys are even like want to talk about the debates, but I was just going to throw that out there that I did see a glimmer of hope. And I thought that the the way that they handled the, ba- the debate was better than anything the Republicans or Democrats have done thus far. It was, it was very organized, very polite, and it did not descend into madness. 
Hmm. That's interesting because I guess like the beginning of the, the, the libertarian debate seemed a little bit unorganized, especially when, you know, people were yelling at each other in the beginning, but maybe I guess they've gotten better as, as the debates have gone on. Mm -hmm. I didn't see the last one. So this one, I think had everyone knew the rules and the rules were very well thought out. Um, the, the moderator, the guy from Kentucky who was moderating it, he did a really great job of keeping track of who had how many minutes and people had, it was like a, it was like wheel of fortune. They had, you know, free spin. They got an extra minute that they could tack on. And it was great because they had to ask for it. The rules were laid out. If the rules are laid out, I'm a fan of it. Um, if it's, I, I didn't watch the early debates, so I'm not sure how how they went on. But I will say this last one I was impressed with. Impressed with it had a lot of really great substantive talking talk in it. Yeah, there was that one that uh, Matt Welch was the moderator of uh, mm. recently, mm -hmm. and um, I don't know if that's the one that you're talking about uh, as well, or if you're just talking about another one, right? Yeah, just yesterday or day before yesterday, yesterday. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that was one yesterday that Matt Welch was the moderator of. And I think we are libertarians. That whole network produced it. Yes, all that, and it had that was the one that Amash was apparently supposed to be a part of, but of course right. he popped out, and then I think John Mons took his place. Yes, John Mons was there. Adam Kakesh, Hornberger, right. Judge Gray, Joe Jorgensen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of them were there. Um, yeah. So, what are you thinking about the lineup so far? Um. Well. I, I know of uh, Hornberger mainly because you know like the Mises caucus is firmly behind him and all yeah. that. So yeah. they're, they're putting all their eggs in, on his basket or whatever. Um, and then I know, I know of uh, Joe Jorgensen. I'm not too familiar with him, but I know, I know her, like I know her like, being in the debates and all that. Uh, it's Joe for Liberty. I believe it's. It yeah. Um, and then uh of course, Vermin Supreme being the you know the guy with <laughs> yeah. the boot on his head. That's another that's another one too that you know you say you know he has a boot on his head, so you just want to vote for the guy with a boot on his head. But that whole thing with him is you know he has the hashtag in on the joke. So you know if you're in on the joke, then obviously you get because obviously if you're if you're advocating for free ponies, obviously that's not going to happen. But he's promising every if you vote for me and I win, everyone will get a free pony. But obviously he's basically saying that. As a politician, I'm going to promise you something, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to fulfill that promise because right. no way I'm going to give you a free pony. So that's the whole point. It, right. And if you're in on the joke, it's really funny. Right. But if you're not in on the joke, like, you know, 97% of America, yeah. all they see is this party that's got the naked guy and the guy with the boot on his head. Like, <laughs> what? And a name like Vermin Supreme. I, I think, as far if he could, if he was not running for office and was just a cultural icon. Um, you know, let, let him be the libertarian version of, uh, Titania McGrath. Yeah. Yeah. Perfection. Go for it. But to actually run in a serious political environment, it kind of, it kind of taints the, the message of the rest of the party. Yeah. And, and like, kind of going down the line too with like Adam Kokesh, you know, he's, he's, I don't know. I, he's someone that I guess, you know, for the people that like him, he kind of like backs what he's talking about. You know, he's an activist and all that stuff. So, you know, him saying, if I do become president, then like the day of, I'm going to like step down. I could actually see him doing that if he actually yeah, he won. I, Cause he's, that's all he's been saying for years is once I become president, I'm not going to be president anymore because 
And because in that debate too, uh, just recently where uh, Matt Welch was asking him the question, they were kind of joking with each other. Like Adam's like, well, obviously this is a hypothetical, you know, cause he was saying, well, what, what cabinet would you have if you're uh, under a Kokesh presidency or, or administration? And Adam's like, well, obviously I wouldn't have a cabinet because I would just step down. But then Matt's like, well, hypothetically, who would you have in your cabinet or whatever? So. Right. And when you're, when you're, you know, out with the group of libertarians and everybody's talking libertarian politics and theoreticals, that's fantastic. Yeah. In his performance last night, one of his final, one of his final spiels that he gave, he said, he said, I'm going to use my, my minute to do some shout outs. Oh, okay. Do some shout outs. Um, and he had like sex workers for Kokesh, uh, dr not drugs, um, high like he had something that was drug users for kokesh mm -hmm. gay straight alliance for kokesh christians for kokesh he had all of these different little lobby groups that was very identity driven but again that's that's not the liberty message like cool i'm glad you've got that appeal but if if that's like the whole point is it doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, if you're Christian, non-Christian, the principles of liberty are equally, you know, equally apply to you. Um, I've watched some of his live stream stuff, and he is very open about some of his more libertine uh, habits, which, again, he's free to do it. Yeah. I, I applaud him. But if you're talking about having the rest of America take us seriously just because you can doesn't mean that you should. And especially if you're going to be representing a whole group to other people, like our ideas are foreign to Republicans and Democrats alike. Mm -hmm. They don't get this. What do you mean the government wouldn't step in? And, right. and when you explain, because free markets can do it better, you name it, whatever the government does, we can do it better. They don't understand this, but what they do understand is this sort of childish, I want to be free to toke, you know, I like that's, that's what they understand. And so then that's what we end up. Our identity becomes vote for libertarian and you can pass out high in the streets and nobody's going to care. I saw like, I know that Twitter's not real life, but I see <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> trying to like tell other people what libertarians are like people who are not libertarian. Right. And they, the things they assume are like insane. Like some of the stuff they were like, someone was saying that libertarians believe that slavery is just personal freedom. And I'm like, what? that doesn't even make any sense. Like, like that is the antithesis yeah, of yeah. what we believe. Everyone has a right to their own livelihood, to their personhood. You cannot be owned by someone else. You know, voluntary exchanges. Like this is, this is the basic libertarian principles. Yeah, I, I see it on there. And especially when someone sends us, there's been a meme recently where someone very snide was like, this is what libertarians believe. And it was two people talking about, it was you know, about oh, rent, right? About, yeah, about rent. That's right. what I was talking about too, because there's all the, the, all the replies in there are ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. That's exactly what they believe. Yep. Libertarians are evil, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Right. And that's where libertarians are like, you know, a, you're the, the meme is not wrong, but what you're missing is that 
we can move to somewhere else because yeah. someone else is going to provide a cheaper place to live, a better place to live because it's the free market. That's what we've got. So if you keep raising the rent, we get to move out. I've done that. Goodness. When I first moved here, I never lived in an apartment longer than a year. Cause I'd get that note. Hey, we're going to raise your rent every month by a hundred bucks. I'm like, well, all right, peace out. I'll go to the next place down the road. And that was just what you did. Okay, let's take a minute to thank our sponsor, Libertarian Country. Libertarian Country is your place for all of your Liberty apparel needs. They have t-shirts, mugs, bottle openers, beer koozies, books, and many more. Use our promo code HAPA, H-A-P-A, for 10% off your order. Again, that's promo code HAPA for 10% off. Thanks, Libertarian Country, and thank you for your support. I guess like their justification for it is like, well, you know, sometimes you can't just leave. So therefore you're a slave to your, your, um, landlord or something like that, even though you've signed a voluntary contract and you can leave like if the contract changes, like later on, they want to, when you, when you go to renew your lease, that they're going to raise your rent, then you can, then you can move. Right. And understand. Right. And if you sign a contract and they try to change it, they can't. That's illegal. Like you have to agree to a contract being updated. The other thing I don't understand, and it's hard when you're when you're first talking to someone who doesn't understand the principles of liberty is we were never promised an easy life. Well, it's too hard to move your stuff to a different apartment. Okay, then pay extra like they're running a business they get to choose how to do it if you don't like it you go somewhere else i'm sorry that's that's kind of tough but this is liberty yeah. uh this is liberty you you make risks you have to work if you really want a livelihood that's easy peasy where you get to sit on a couch and eat grapes all day i i don't even know where you would go because not even socialism offers you that <laughs> i mean apparently they, they think so they're like well you know if we just got rid of landlords then we'd all own a house yeah you just go in and walk into some random apartment and be like well i guess this is mine now right the, the front door says occupied the 1990s housing crisis you know <laughs> screw that what did we learn from that you know it it is amazing I think it could only happen in America to the extent that it does. We've been blessed with so much stuff. Like Mm -hmm. we have options everywhere and we kind of just get this idea that, well, we can print the money. It can keep coming along. Uh, You know, this, this latest bailout is a perfect example. Um, The thought of austerity measures was anathema, like not going to happen. The thought that we as Americans, because we were hit with this plague by mother nature, that we would have to alter our lives, maybe to be uncomfortable. No, we can't do that. We have to print money, steal from the children. We're stealing from our grandchildren at this point. And again, I ask, when did America become this? I mean, pre-World War One, pre-World War Two, like we were growing gardens so food could be sent 
to the troops, agree with the war or not agree with the war, we were a country that was willing to take it on the chin, suffer a little bit if it meant helping everybody around. And now I, it reminds me of back when I taught elementary school and everyone was fighting over, you know, the same blocks. We were almost childish. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Like you were saying with the coronavirus bill, because they're just, I think they're, they passed another one. I think it was like in the Senate or I can't remember which, which one it was, but just recently they passed one. Now it's going to the, you know, they pass on another one. So yeah, yeah, the, it passed the House and it's going into the Senate. I think it's for three trillion. Something is this like one? Yeah. It's an extra three. So we spent I six. So, yeah. Now three, and we've now surpassed our our national our national uh, like what we make in a year. And this is you know talking with with my Republican friends and family, and they immediately go, well, yes, you may not like how Trump acts, but don't you like what he does? And okay, kind of, sort of, there were some things, yay, tax cuts, how about we get rid of them? But the proof was in the pudding that when when this pandemic hit, the very first place that he went, everybody went, was tyranny. Like that was the first place. And they felt that this was so necessary. Well, if we didn't make it a law that everybody had to stay in, then nobody would have stayed in. It was this, it's almost like they think we're ferrets. We just <laughs> run around. Give us the information. Tell us what you know about this new virus. Tell us what you think. The you know, Tell us what the risks are. And then let us decide you don't have to step on our necks. We're smart people. We've created a lot of really cool stuff. Like we're smart enough to handle an illness when it comes along. So yeah, I hate that tyranny is always the first place we go. The other thing is like the, the states that have reopened, like they haven't seen spikes, like significant spikes in cases and like yeah. overrun hospitals or anything. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'm sad that, that like there are a couple other states that are out Texasing Texas. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love, I love me some Texas. Um, but we're supposed to be, you know, the two middle fingers to the federal government. Like we're, we're Texas. We do what we want. Our people are free. They can handle themselves. We have enough space in our state that the entire world could socially distance inside of our state borders. Like, you know, we're going to be fine. And then Georgia, South Dakota, like all these places. Yeah. Florida, they're kind of, they're kind of out Texasing us. And then, so this, uh, the uh, case in point with um, Shelly, the the salon owner mm-hmm. in Dallas, you know, that got imprisoned. And that judge, oh, I hope he gets voted out and shamed. He was he was such a jerk during that final hearing. But um, even when Governor Abbott wrote his tweet about this is terrible, the the court should allow her to blah, 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 blah. And I was like, allow allow who's who's asking permission yeah (laughs) who's asking permission open your nail salon i don't get manis and petties but dang it i will come down and get a mani and petty open that salon i'm right there with you (laughs) did you hear about the um the other nail salon owners in laredo texas who got arrested yeah 
And it was yeah. like a sting operation. They yeah. had someone go undercover to get their nails done. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. One, there are, I mean, they've released how many, how many felons just, okay, so they wouldn't get Corona. Then they're going to go round up healthy people, throw them into a Corona ridden environment and a sting operation. That's just a, it's so Napoleonic, like short man syndrome. It's infuriating that they would think this is okay to use taxpayer money to do a sting operation on a nail salon. Yeah. Yeah. So this lady, Shelly, actually went down, used because her GoFundMe page exploded. It was over half a million dollars. So she traveled down to Laredo. She set these women up so they could. So they could exist through this, keep their shop open and kind of shed some light on it. And I believe, I believe they're up in Michigan now. I just saw a picture that her boyfriend posted of this cool little German town uh, called Frankenmuth. Uh, I have family that lives close to Frankenmuth and it's, it's shut down. Like this is their prime money-making season and they're shut down because they have a tyrannical governor. Like people stop asking permission. And for the record, may I say, I'm sure you've seen these videos of like the mom who has the child and police body slam her because she's not wearing her mask full. Like she's got a mask on and she's being body slammed by cops that are not wearing a mask. And you have this crowd of 20 people with their cell phones out. Oh my goodness. Like there are two cops. There are two cops. Don't get violent, but you can restrain them. You can restrain them peacefully, and you are completely within your bounds to do that. It is it is unconstitutional to do what they're doing, and we're, by and large, like, well, I'm catching it on video, and I'm glad they are because then we get to see about it. But tyrants, they don't really react to public shaming like they might back away and say, we're sorry for this, but then they've got the 50 things over here, you know, that, that they're still doing. It, the tyranny has been, has just been disturbing in this whole thing. And that's why to bring it back, I was not super excited about a Justin Amash presidency is I think he would have curbed the tyranny, but I don't know that he believes that it's wrong. Yeah, I know what you mean. What you mean, because his whole message just seemed to be like, "Well, we could have just done it better instead of, you know, right? Yeah, not done it instead, you know." Yeah, and that, and that was I think the problem that a lot of people had with him when he when he was going on those appearances is just like you know, and it's funny too because everybody always goes back to the the Ron Paul times because people remember what he was saying. That's, mm -hmm. He's like the catalyst for the liberty right. movement in this. In this time, you know, but, but what, what I mean is like, like you were saying before with, with all these examples about, you know, the, 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 the fat guy running across the stage in a Libertarian yeah. Party convention, what is Aleppo, uh, you know, a guy with a boot on his head. That's what people know of, you know, Libertarian or just the Liberty movement in general or whatever. But then like, right. Paul, they go, you know, we're spending too much money in all these damn wars and all this <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And the fed and, you know, all, you know, going to a, being in a Republican a debate in like this, you know, I can't remember what state it was at, at the top of my head, but just a state where, you know, they were like, you know, especially during the, the whole 9-11 and war on terrorism was like right at the, you know, right mm -hmm. up, there, you know, 
and him saying, you know, we were lied to, you know, we were lied to it and, and spending so much money on this stuff. And, 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 you know, Rudy Giuliani is like right there. Like, I can't believe you're saying this. Like, how dare you? Like, why are you, are you trying to say that you hate America? And he's like, no, I love America. The whole reason I, I want the troops to come home. You want them to go over there and die. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, you know, so, but like, like with Amash, you know, I, and I know it's not, it's not that big of a stage, you know, as of right now, because it's, you know, he's in the libertarian party and he was only in like what, two or three debates or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, and then he had all these news appearances. I don't really remember much of what he said other than, you know, and eh, I think the protesters in Michigan, maybe they shouldn't have had their guns or whatever, you know, it's <laughs> like anyone who's listening to that, who is, who doesn't like Trump, who doesn't like Biden, who doesn't like any of the Republican or Democrat parties. And they're kind of like wondering where they're going to be. Cause there's our people who are, they want to be a part of something. Right. I hear someone say that and they go, well, that's not going to make me go over there and be like, yeah, I want to go. You know what? It's like not that compelling. Yeah. I mean, they could be thinking about, uh, you know, I might be going to, a, maybe I'll go to the uh, Green Party or something. I don't know. But maybe, you know, maybe I want to listen to what this Justin Amash says. And then they hear him and they go, well, yeah, it was milk toast. It wasn't yeah. like he would, again, and I think it was because he wasn't a believer. He couldn't actually stand up and articulate in the same way that Ron Paul did right. when he got up and he said, no, we've got to end the Fed. How mm-hmm. many people even know what the Fed is? Like you talk about Fed, and they're like the federal government. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and again, we had a great start, but somewhere along the way, maybe it was 80s, 90s, the the libertarian party sort of rebranded and, and we started telling the wrong story. And so now that's why I, I really want someone who can help us rebrand back to what we were a message of Liberty, you know, and articulate these ideas in a way that people are going to understand and not all of a sudden say, um, Oh well, you just you just hate America. You want you want us to get attacked by foreign powers. Well, no, I just don't think that we should be fighting senseless wars. Or, at the least, we should have congressional approval to fight the wars that we're in. You know, at the very least, someone who can articulate that rather than well, so maybe everybody gets a thousand, two thousand. I mean, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, and also too, um, when because with the when he was interviewing with Jake Tapper, Jake Tapper mentioned so you know you you Amash you're, you uh, you said before you're for like a UBI type of thing whatever, you know who else was for UBI Andrew Yang and Andrew <laughs> Yang, you know people know Andrew Yang is they go oh he's the UBI guy he's the guy yeah. who was like hey people are losing jobs because of robotic technology and all that stuff mm-hmm. you know? and Andrew Yang for all of his crazy economic ideas right. he was a believer he was very he was very uh, likable the way that he talked about it. You could tell that he loved his, his ideas and he was out there to spread it as ideas, not to make a name for himself. And again, not that I want to paint Justin Amash unfairly, but it, it just reeked of, he had a personal, he had this personal career path that he wanted uh, <laughs> and that he chose the libertarian party for it should tell us something about about his foresight but yeah i'm i'm looking forward to someone getting up on a national stage if we can get them and especially if justin amash can use his poll to get us a national platform yeah. it would be nice to see someone who is articulate to get up there and say I don't wear a boot on my head. I'm fully clothed. I know where Aleppo is. But even more importantly than that, 
Let's talk about the Federal Reserve. Let's talk about the Ponzi scheme that is Social Security. Let's talk about all these problems we can fix. You know, it's going to be okay. You'll be free and it's going to be okay. Well, see, the fact that you're saying that too, and that's the reason why a lot of people were were disappointed or, or just didn't want to rally behind him because they know that he he knows this. He knows this type of stuff. Or maybe, yeah. I don't know. It's just... You know, it's not like you're like with Gary Johnson. We know when he was going, you know, when he had that uh, CNN town hall he did with Bill Well, and it's just like that. They they gave you a town hall. They gave you a town hall during 2016 because CNN mm-hmm. was like, you know, we got Trump and Hillary. You know, two of the biggest pieces of crap that you, that can possibly run, maybe. And now you're just like, you have a town hall. Please uh, let everyone know what libertarian is. And then he says something along the lines of like, you know, we're socially liberal and fiscally conservative. <laughs> Not all libertarians are socially liberal. No, no. Well, yeah, you've got people like me. Okay, maybe maybe they are fiscally conservative. Sorry, my bad. But socially liberal, please. There's pro there's well, I, I don't I'm not a huge fan of like the pro-life, pro-choice. I think it should be pro-abortion, anti-abortion. That's how I think it should be right, named. right. But not all libertarians are anti-abortion and and there are some who are you know, pro whatever I'm trying to say. Basically, Correct. what I'm trying to say is they're not all pro abortion. You know, yes, like, immigration is a big thing for libertarians that they argue on constantly. Mm-hmm. Abortion, like I just said, is, is another one. You know, just borders in general, whatever. And I'm sure there's other things that libertarians argue about all the time. So just saying they were socially liberal and physically conservative. Sorry, I know I said they weren't. Not, I mean, not right, all right, right, yeah, yeah. I, I got you. What I'm trying to say is that we're not all that. You know, right. And especially this year, we're going to have a great opportunity to be on a national stage. Biden can't talk for five minutes without descending, descending into gibberish. Um, The media hates Trump. So they're probably going to try to give him as little time as possible, or it's going to be filled with gotcha questions. And even Republicans and Democrats alike, they're, they're getting tired of the fluffy, you know, Trump, Russia, like move beyond it. But for whatever reason, the media can't. The media is going to have to fill that time with something. And maybe, just maybe, they will look around and say, well, here's a sane individual. He might have some different ideas. Let's at least talk it out. Let's at least push him on it. And if we could get someone who, who will engage with those ideas, Maybe we don't win, but maybe we turn a state. Maybe we don't turn a state, but maybe we get people that go, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that ta- what taxation is, that there is a better way to fund our government and fund the programs that we want, and I don't have to fund programs I don't want. Bing. Yeah. And, and and that's one of those um, arguments too about you know well Gary Johnson got millions of votes well okay well he, if he, that's great that he got those votes and I'm happy he for him run, he ran he was exactly. that's the biggest knock against him is like if, if he was running against like a, a JFK like a Barack Obama I don't know if he would have gotten the five million votes as much no. as like Obama he no. was democratic and people liked him for his personality as you know as, as you know and his tan suit. Right, his tan suit. Yes, but, yes. But you know, that's that's a big Mom thing. Jeans. You know, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people like that type of stuff. You know, whether you know, as much as we would like them to know about more about Obama's policy and, and all the negatives towards him, not everybody's going to listen to that. And obviously, we're we're past the Obama and Bush years. You know, in terms of them being president or whatever. But just looking at it right now, you know, like 
Okay, so it is going to be like you said, a, a Donald Trump who can basically just talk whatever's going to come out of his mouth. Who knows? And then same thing with Obama. We know what's going to come out or Obama. I guess <laughs> I it's kind of Obama because Obama was Biden was Obama's <laughs> vice president or whatever. Obama's the only thing Biden has going for him and right now, that, and that's sad. You know, when when Biden's like, well, I was on Obama's, uh, I was his vice president. Great. Well, what else did you do? What, what Except else? he couldn't even remember Obama's name. My, yeah, that was my boss. Bad. My boss. <laughs> but um. He needs to be put in a nursing home. Oh, how like, dare you? Take him off of this. Like, this is elder abuse at this point. Oh, that's terrible. It, it kind of is. It is weakened at Bernie's, but the Veep <laughs> edition. Like, I can't, I don't know how in good conscience they're running this man. Uh, and uh, what was his latest, the latest gaffe where he was talking to the recording <laughs> for the town hall? They had these recorded questions, and I promise you they fed him the questions beforehand. But they had this guy, it's like, hi. And it was a recording. And Biden's like, hi. I'm like, oh, okay. I would do that, you know. And the guy said, I'm really glad to be on here. And I'm really glad you're on here too. And the guy keeps talking. And he's having a conversation oh, with a recording. Crazy. <laughs> I didn't see that one, but I feel like that is like a Biden thing to do. Yeah. It, oh, he's, I mean, it will be entertaining. The entertainment value will be very high this election season, mm -hmm. but honestly, I, I don't know how, I don't know how the, the press carries his water. Honestly, they will have to keep his interviews at five minutes or less. Like he can't, he can't go longer than that. The debates, uh, yeah, libertarians are going to kind of have to be there mainly because the press is going to need a placeholder. Yeah. Yeah. And another, another thing too about um, Biden and all that is that, and I, I wish I remember where it was or who it was, but those are like a recent interview or something. And I think the lady was part of the DNC or whatever. And she says something along the lines of, well, Biden isn't the candidate yet. <laughs> Basically implying that he hasn't actually been voted on by the delegates or however they voted him on or whatever. Like he hasn't even been the nominee yet. I know he's like the only one right now that's running. Right. He's the nominee yet. So and, that, that kind of tells you, hmm, maybe they're doing some back back room meetings or whatever. It's like, I don't know. This Joe Biden guy is kind of, uh, I don't know what's going on with this guy and, you know, what's yeah. going on in his head. You maybe know, like an Andrew Cuomo or, you know, some other Democrat we don't know about yet. Or, and I promise you, Hillary is waiting in oh, the wings. Probably, yeah, she's yes. Probably she's there, got yeah. her syringe of whatever she used <laughs> on Epstein. Yeah. Epstein ready to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, and that's something else. Uh, again, the DNC has never been known for their, for their up, upfrontedness. Like it, they've just always been the ones to play dirty. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Republicans, for all of their issues, uh, and plus, I mean, it, it's it's Trump. What can you say? It's yeah. Trump. The media hate Trump, and they're going to try to keep him off as mm -hmm. much as possible. Um, so this is why I just I really hope and pray that that whoever the Libertarian candidate is, they're going to be a sane individual, and if nothing less, help us rebrand beyond beyond the drunk drug using sexaholics that everybody thinks the libertarian party has become not that i can blame everybody when we're you know when that's when that is our virtue that you can have all of these vices it, 
nobody's going to take us seriously. You know, that that's where that message of, of liberty is. We need to be free to do it so we can choose not to do it. But as soon as it becomes a law, then it's tyranny. Simple as that. Yeah. And, and like you were saying, I think any of the candidates would be better, you know, than Biden and Trump. You oh, know, and, and, any and for, of them. Yeah. And for sure, you know, like you said, that nobody likes Trump in the media. Well, not nobody, but a lot of people don't like Trump in the media. And then, of course, Biden, I don't know what's going to happen when yeah. he comes on an interview or whatever. So, the, yeah, you're probably right. They're probably going to get like the, with the like the, with the Gary Johnson. They're probably going to give the Libertarian Party candidate some, you know, some type of platform. You know, and I, you know, I could see like, you know, just kind of going like, for example, whatever, you know, as far as I know, Jacob Hornberger has won most of like the polls and, and all that stuff, whatever. Yeah. But of course, as far as I know, I'm not really 100% sure how it goes, but I think it's like the delegates basically could vote on who they're going to be the nominee or whatever, you know? So, yeah. I mean, like, okay, so say for example, Jacob does get it or whatever, I could see him you know, spreading a pretty good liberty. Even if people who are libertarian don't even like him or going to support him, they can probably at least be like, yeah, he's doing better spreading the message than a, than Trump and Biden are doing that, you know, or whatever. So sure. Yeah. And you know, I, my job, my full-time job is writing music. I arrange and orchestrate for movies and TV and albums. And like, I'm, I'm paid to be a storyteller. Someone has the scenes. I've got to make sure that what you hear boosts that message um and so while i'm listening to hornberger love what he says he's got a great message i really hope he surrounds himself with people who understand what storytelling is yeah um he's got a his his video blurb where he talks about you know why you should vote for me like the soundtrack is it was an interesting choice. I will say that it was an, in- and then some of the, some of the photography was an interesting choice. Like there was, I, I just hope all of that comes together. Cause we are starting at a deficit here, it, but any one of them, speaking of which judge gray said something about a gray sharp ticket. Yeah. Do you know, is Larry sharp running with him? As far as I know, Larry sharp. Yeah. He's, I've heard like some people saying that Larry Sharp would be a VB for everyone for okay. any of those but but I, I think Didn't I'm, I'm Larry per- say Larry said I remember Larry said that he was only going to go yeah with Judge Gray yeah that's what okay. I yeah. so it's kind of I'm not really 100 I saw I saw some people say that and Larry himself said that it was like gonna be a strictly Gray Sharp but I don't want to put words in his mouth and you know say I don't want to like right or whatever about what he said but as far as I know it's it's strictly a Gray Sharp ticket. Yeah, because I heard him, I think it was on Dave Smith's podcast or something, yeah. where he was talking, and he said he was running for the VP slot, um, and they talked about different candidates, but I didn't hear him I didn't hear him say, but of course, I, I haven't followed him exclusively on Twitter, so I don't know if he made an announcement that he was running with Judd Gray. I, I mean, that's kind of cool. Larry Sharp has name recognition, yeah. uh, at least in New York, if not, if not other places. Um, you know that'd be cool as long as as long as the headliner can articulate articulate a good message and help us rebrand. Mm-hmm. I, I'm excited about all the people that are on there. I have my favorites, obviously, as we all do, right. but I think any of them are going to be leagues better than the choices we have now, for sure. Yeah, and and you know, speaking of Larry Sharp, I don't know of any libertarian that speaks ill of him. 
you know, because obviously yeah. I think any of those which any, is pretty rare. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you 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 name, you name any libertarian, someone's gonna be you know you'll either love him, hate him, or her, or somewhere in between. But Larry, I don't know of anybody that absolutely despises the guy. So. I, I, like, I don't know, like maybe not now, but maybe like in 2024, he might consider running for president. But of course, you know, Justin Amash might also mm -hmm. run. So he might be like, well, I don't know. I don't have a chance against him because more people know who, who he is than I do, but whatever. <sighs> yeah. And then once upon a time, Rick Santorum thought that he could win president as well. I, I think <laughs> this was it for Justin Amash. Uh, how I, I don't know that we see him on a, on a national stage, like a president stage again after this he just i don't know he's he's sort of mitt romney you know he okay he's there like nice guy yeah votes cool but we we need someone who's exciting to watch someone who's exciting to listen to and i i just don't see that coming from amash he's he is Justin Amash. <laughs> yeah. And everybody, you know, like everybody has their opinions on all the candidates, you know, some, yeah. I know, I know, I, I know some people not know of, but I know, I'm sure, I'm sure those people who don't like Jim Gray because he's too, I don't know, pragmatic, or maybe he's not libertarian enough or something. I, I don't know. I think, I think it's like, I think they call him an incrementalist or something like that. Yeah. He built himself on the, on the debates. He built himself as a centrist libertarian right. and so he was more along the amash lines where he was like i'm a realist like you can't just go in and get rid of social security you can't just go in and get rid of all of this and so we have to lessen it um and again i might be putting words in his mouth so don't quote me on it but he the word that he did say himself that i can quote him as saying is he was a centrist libertarian um and Hornberger went to after he said that, and he called back and he said, listen, don't be afraid of this message. Don't be afraid of liberty. It's like I was a young, uh, a 20 year old when I heard, when I read three books that talked about liberty and it was exciting. It was nothing to be scared of. Mm -hmm. The problem that we've got now is just nobody hears the message of liberty. Yeah. And, and I can just imagine any of those candidates, even a Jim Gray, like, you know, like you're saying, going on that stage, whether it's a CNN or even a Fox news or whatever, whoever mm -hmm. you know, talking about Liberty and libertarianism in general. And just, you know, I don't know. I don't know how, I mean, some of them might maybe more similar to a Gary Johnson, Bill Well ticket than others, but I don't know. It, it's, I mean, I don't even know if I'm going to vote anyway. So it's like, why do I even care? You know, at this point, but at the same time, it's like, I do want that person who's going to be the libertarian party candidate to kind of be like, Oh, well, if they're not going to get the 5 million votes or whatever, maybe they will get a million, but out of those million, you know, maybe those million actually were firmly for like, yeah, that, that what he said was great. Or what she said was what I, what I, you know, what I want in mm -hmm. this world that we live in or this country at least. And, you know, it's far better than what I'm hearing from the other two. And, yeah. that's, and that's another thing too, that I'm, that I'm, because America, I don't know if any other country and, you know, I don't know about geography all that much in terms of the politics, at least. But I don't know of any other country that really has just a strict two-party system. It's only Republicans <laughs> and Democrats. That's it. Because I know recently the Canadian – there was Canadian debates, and there was like six people up there. And each one of those had a like a decent, legit shot. Obviously, Trudeau, you know, was like the incumbent. There was other – there was like a conservative and another person who had like a, a bigger chance of getting it. But there were six people who had like a decent chance of winning. 
Right. No, I think everybody, uh, save somewhere like Russia, where they have a very strong one-party system, um, everywhere else in the world has this multi-party system, and all of, and it has its own headaches that goes into it. You know, Israel has their Knesset, where it's yeah. this weird political game of of building allied. Um, you know, I would be fine with a three-party system in America. I, I wouldn't particularly care to go too much above that hmm. because then it, but because th- then it's too easy to go for plurality yeah. where, you know, the, the group that gets 27% of the vote wins when there's three quarters of the United States that doesn't want it because of the plurality hmm. that goes into it. But I, I do think that we need, we need a good Liberty choice that's out there and, um, it's interesting. Okay, so we're all millennials here. What did you guys think of the like? What about the optics of our candidates for the Libertarian Party? I mean, just by looks alone, who do you think would be the easiest to market? Hmm. I think I have to look them up again. Let me just look. <laughs> well, I mean, I know, I know, like for for me, I think like. I know Jacob Hornberger has those like circle glasses, or whatever. I know when I know for some people they see that they're gonna go, oh, he's just an old, <laughs> an old like I don't know grandfather yeah. type or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I mean Adam Kokesh is a young man, you know, at least younger than the other one. So mm-hmm. just that alone will make people go, oh, I'm interested in what he has to say because he's you know he's closer to my age or whatever. So there's that. I think I think in terms of that he'd probably have the best maybe, um, you know. Joe Jorgensen looks pretty um, professional looking. Yeah, and and Joe, yeah, she does look pretty good, you know, for mm-hmm. um, you know, with for that as well. So Kokesh too. Yeah. Um, oh, another guy is because she's looking through all the na- names right now. Another guy that uh, has another one of those uh, like wacky characteristics is that Dan Berman, Dan Tank oh, Station, like that giant, with the oh, giant. Oh yes, the giant yellow hat. I yeah. follow him on on Twitter. He did a live presentation yesterday i believe it was the day before i clicked on i was the only one watching in like the five minutes that i was there but he was doing it drunk Hmm. like he was straight up sloshed and i even asked the question like are you drunk and then i looked up in the top corner and there was this little watermark that said like it it was drunk uh drunk discussion or drunk something like that was the whole point is you get drunk okay well that's fun for a youtube channel talking about you know tv episodes but not for policy the last thing we want is Is drunk policy maker (laughs) yeah i so i really like i thought kokesh handled the platform, the zoom debate platform, the best yesterday, he had his little signs that he was holding up. And this is, you know, this is what we're used to reading. He was very memorable that way. Um, He came across a little more as an AOC where he would have a huge social media following and be an influencer. But when the time came to take him seriously, I don't know that a ton of people would like when it really came time to pull the lever, um, he didn't, he didn't have the class of a Ronald Reagan, you know, the young statesman kind of Ronald Reagan. Uh, But someone like Hornberger. Yeah. I wish I would love to, I would love to help him buy a suit and get some new glasses. And in his, his video presentation, 
like I, I can't even tell you when I watched his video and they had this shot, he was looking up and he was doing this smile thing and they had this zoom that came over and it was like a Mel Bay film. Are and, you talking about the one where he's like walking through like a forest the, or something? Yeah, the woods. Yes. Okay, yeah, woods. Yeah. And there, I know I know that one too because there's a shot. I, I kind of wish they used it more because it was kind of cool looking, but there's like black or blue smoke behind him. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They had a couple cool yeah. things in there, but then they were, I'm not sure what they told him. Like, look at the sky and smile. And he had this open face, this open mouth. Yeah, and yeah. you expected the beam of light to come down <laughs> and to go up. And I was like, oh, I love your message. I really do. But boy, you got to get someone who knows how to tell a story on your team. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's something that the Libertarian Party in general, I think, needs to get better as the optics yeah. because, mm-hmm. I mean, we can, like we were saying earlier, we, we're just naming off things that not libertarians or even just libertarians in general know of, you know, the, I don't want to keep repeating them over and over again, but I mean, they, that's what they know of, you know? So instead, you know, instead of the libertarian party or just libertarians in general being known as, Oh, you just, we're just Republicans who smoke weed or, you know, you just want abortions all day or, or whatever, you know, people think of libertarians, you know, right. I just wish that people could see it as well. We're just people that want, and I know Larry Sharp says this too, that you can be as Republican Democrat socialist or whatever as you want. Just as long as you don't abide on my freedom to do what. Don't force me to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If it's a good enough idea, I'll do it on my own. Yeah. yeah. And Democrats and Republicans, they've built up a whole history of, of branding. And so when they make stupid mistakes, which they do often, right. it can kind of get past them. Like this last time when Hillary ran, her, her logo looked like someone in a bathing suit with this weird <laughs> thing jutting out the bottom like it was a terrible logo and then the trump pence logo came out and like you almost had to blur it out on live tv it was so lewd looking so yeah and then uh romney ryan they did the aquafresh (laughs) looking oh yeah the r yeah so people make mistakes but people have the branding uh, you know, they've got the branding to cover for it. And libertarians just haven't built up that, that amount of goodwill. And we had our torch. Cool. Love it. Yeah. We got a great, we got a great logo. Yeah. Um, I think it, it looks sharp. Looks good. Let's do something with that. We just got to make sure that our front runners are not going to cause eye rolls from our fellow millennials. And even Gen Z's are now old enough to vote. Yeah, it's no. scary to think about, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're old enough to vote now. And these are, these are easy mistakes to fix. Um, and so it can't be just the theory of Liberty. We got to tell a story. And sometimes the story is the thing you don't say. Well, I mean, there's, there's people that, you know, everything that we're talking about, they don't, they don't care about the libertarian party or even if it is perfect, they're not going to care anyway, because for some yeah. people, they're they're the best way to live libertarian or just you know anarchist or whatever is to live your life how you're gonna live and then mm-hmm. have a family and you know you know tell your kids this is you know a liber- liberty ideals that's how some people are saying well that's the best way and that's how I'm gonna do it you know yeah, whatever, so. yeah so I mean I had a niece that started working you know her first job it was like a fast food job and 
she got her first paycheck when I was visiting and she opened it up and burst out into tears. And she's like, what is FICA? Why are they taking so much of my money? Like she's bawling because she's seeing all of these deductions and what she would have made and what she didn't have. And so we had this great time. I was like, yeah, this is the government. They think they can spend it better than you. And by the end of it, I was like, welcome to the Libertarian Party. Taxation is theft. So we can we can we could attract the younger crowd. We can attract them big time. They aren't so set in this in this, you know, Republican Democrat world. These are the people we can attract. We can get them. We've got the message they want to hear, especially as they're entering into the world unprotected by mom and dad. They're gonna, they're gonna learn very soon that that their freedoms are are stripped from them. Well, uh, real quick, yeah, we want to give you a couple of stories that we were uh, wanting to share with you and get your thoughts on this. Ooh, all right. Um, you know, it's funny. I, we didn't even realize we we're going to talk about Libertarian Party and this, the Libertarian thing in general for almost, you know, more than an hour, but that's great. You know, that, you know we have a lot to talk about apparently, uh, which is good. Uh, but anyway, so obviously, you know, we're, uh, and it's, it kind of ties into what we're talking about too, about, you know, the government and, and, uh, especially with the COVID thing that's going on right now. And so, you know, this, this first thing, and, you know, speaking of like your, we're well, not freedoms taken away, but just like the ridiculousness of, of some of this, you know, how this whole thing is happening in our life right now. So this first story is titled breathing and talking contribute to coronavirus spread. <laughs> study finds. They had to study this to figure this out. Yeah. So, if this doesn't make it on Rand Paul's Festivus list, I will be upset. So in uh, below the uh, headline, it says it's clear that the new coronavirus mainly spreads via human respiratory droplets and direct physical contact. But a new study also found a link between breathing and talking and aerosol transmission. What other type of human contact is there other than breathe? Like you have to breathe. Who knew? I mean, well, so the crazy thing is they're going to say, well, this tells you you should wear a mask. Just yesterday, I was driving in my car by myself and I've worn a mask once. I was going to something where I had to. And so I was like, "Eh, I wore it. In -hmm. the car behind me, husband, wife, she's not wearing a mask. He is driving together he takes the mask off takes a sip of coffee and then puts the mask back on masks it's it's a dumb idea i'm sorry it's a dumb idea if you wore it 24 7 which nobody does maybe i would say okay sure you're you're living in a hermetically sealed environment but ugh. <laughs> For me, I get wearing the mask in like crowded public places like grocery stores and stuff, but I don't understand people who want to wear it in your car. I feel like if you wear it in your car and you're driving and then you get like, you know, like too much CO2 from rebreathing, like if the filter gets bad or something, then you're kind of putting yourself at risk for like getting in a car crash or dying or something. And and there's also those people that have like, uh, holes in them for some reason. Oh yeah, because yeah. I can't breathe in this mask while yeah, I'm wearing it. Yeah, let me just it. cut a hole in the mask. I was gonna say, if you're not gonna wear it correctly, you're free to wear it. Go ahead, but don't get all morally posturing with me and like you don't wear a mask. Well, I know when I was a teacher, I had like nothing could make me sick because I was around those little germ factories each day, every day, and I'm kind of treating this the same way. I 
I, I'm in close proximity with someone who's a higher risk. So I am taking it very, you know, I'm taking that seriously, but for the most part, I, I want a stronger immune system. Let me build it the way that we have since the beginning of time. Yeah. And as far as I know, most of the deaths that have occurred here, you know, sadly, you know, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the reality of it. Most of the people that have died have been senior citizens and people with pre-existing conditions, right. but mostly because the senior citizens already had pre-existing conditions. Right. Right. And that is, I mean, that is the nature of life. There is life, there is death. And again, if you're not walking in and shooting grandma in the bed, like that's wrong, but this is something that mother nature sent us. We, <laughs> there was nothing we could do about it. And I am all about, okay, let's quarantine them because they're the most at risk. But in the meantime, those of us who are not going to die from it or less likely to die from it, let us build up a, hu- a herd immunity and keep, let's keep the, the, let's keep everything going because you know a lot of old folks homes rely on charitable giving to continue you know the, most of them are not these luxury hotel suites when the economy goes down it's it's not like grandma's going to do any better in there with a bad economy so it, it's better to get the economy going keep the wealth factor up so we can you know make what she has left of her life pleasant and you know so kind of going back with the federal government and you know how uh you know how how they're all reacting to this whole covid thing and how they're so good at handling everything yeah so this this uh yeah fed shipment of q-tip style coronavirus swabs puzzles washington state officials latest wrinkle in supply woes and uh the picture shows uh, it's a picture of a cotton swabs they were supposed to send like the swabs for testing, like the long medical ones, but they sent them <laughs> Q-tips. Yeah. Hey, you know, why are we surprised? <laughs> why are we surprised? Seriously, if if there is a good way to handle something and a dumb way to handle something, government will always do the dumb way. You can watch CSI Miami and they use the correct swabs. Like, Come on, people. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So, and I promise you that package right there cost the taxpayer probably a hundred bucks. Probably. Yep. That package of Q tips, that was a hundred bucks. <laughs> They're probably thinking it's like, so wait, do I stick this in my ear? Like I'm supposed to? No, you're supposed to stick it real deep in your nose. You're like, oh, it's going to get lost. Yeah. There. Basically, <laughs> stuff there and won't be able to get it out. And you're, I guess you're going to live with it forever now. I know. Yeah. And especially Q-Tip had that campaign a while back where they were like, don't stick this in your ear. Like they had the pictures on there, even though everybody does. Um, and so, yes, leave it to the government employee to be like, I guess I swab your ear. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe you should stick it up their ass or something. Yes. I oh, I saw a sign that was going around on Twitter it said like, coronavirus testing in rear and people were like oh, I thought it was supposed to be in my nose All right. I don't know how come Trump's never told us about this it's a secret don't tell that's it. right just go inject some bleach you'll be fine yeah there you go there you go we're joking don't yeah. inject bleach yeah we do not endorse we do bleach no or endorse bleach. 
or doing anything with bleach other than cleaning your bath. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> well, um, we'll go and uh, end it there. Drinking bleach, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's a good way to end it, right? Drinking bleach, well, that'll kill you. And that the pocket this episode's gonna about to be dead. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, thank you so much, Paul, for coming on and for anytime uh, shooting the shooting the whatever whatever it's the, the shoot, breeze. Shooting the yeah, breeze. There you go. That's a nice way to say it. Sorry. Yeah. I'm trying oh, to, yes, I guess there are yeah, I know. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, but before before we uh, sign off here, um, did you want to plug your Twitter handle or anything like that? Yeah, look me up, the Hairy Chested Libertarian at Who Is Nemo Vern. That's uh, but I think if you search the Hairy Chested Libertarian, I'm on there. Um, I have some moderately good tweets, but lots of epic replies. So yeah, look me up. Always always up for a conversation. Yeah, and uh, as you know, if you're a libertarian or just a, you know a person in general, you have to have your own podcast. So we correct, you know. And I don't know—is this the first time you've been on a podcast? Yeah. Well, my best friend is doing a podcast, like he's pre-recording it, and it's about, but it's about like creative process. Mm -hmm. And since I'm in creativity, I recorded one. But no, this is my very first like going live, going to be yet yeah, live podcast to be on. You guys are number one. Number one. Yeah. Number one. All right. Well, uh, we're always happy to break someone's uh, podcast, Cherry. That's right. It is broken, and it was yeah. lovely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're we're done with the not the material now. That's right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, again, thank you for coming on, and thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. And, uh, yeah, we will see you in the next one. Bye. See you.